It is 8.13, and away we go. The, uh, let's see, what, third hour of the morning show here on KDAO. It's Friday, and that means Neil Atkins is here with us this morning. Hiya, Neil. Hi, Dee. Good to have you along. Neil shows up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because he's got nothing better to do this hour, apparently. That's, I just wander <laughs> aimlessly around town, and then there you go. If, uh, if, I, if I find somewhere to go, <laughs> then, I, then I come here to harass you. Well, it should be a good and, show today because you've got a special guest who's on the phone and ready to roll to tell us all about the international situation. Yeah, I've got the left-wing, leaning lefter and leftier <laughs> professor from out in Maryland, wow. there, Mike Kaiser. Good morning, Mike. How are you? No, you're you're not a lefty, are you? Good. I wish I were uh, there in Duluth. This well, weekend. it's thirty degrees opener, here in Duluth. What's, what's it like out on the East Coast? Um, today it's about sixty-three for a high. Got down to uh, got down to the thirties last night, but it didn't freeze. And seventies uh, are expected on the weekend. But I wish I were there. Deer hunting. Oh, you want to go on hunt? You like oh, that? Yeah. You want to shoot Bambi for opener? But uh, <laughs> now in my old age, I, I'm just not as uh, able to do it like I used to. Well, but all the deer in the state there. are thankful. I think. Well, the deer will be yeah. happy that you're not mm-hmm. coming our way. So that's uh, that's good. We I have a whole herd that wanders. <laughs> I have to half the time I have to creep up my driveway because I've wow. got four at least four deer at a time, and then. They they're in little groups mm-hmm. and they kind of hang around this. Well, you know, you, you're a hunter. You know, deer generally will hang around a certain area depending on well, the feed. Well, that's because the rut is on. Uh, all well, these those boys are chasing those girls. Well, mm-hmm. these deer are here all the time. They're whether there's the rut or not. Uh, uh, although this time of year, let's see. Now this goes back when we um, first moved into the place where I'm at. All of a sudden, I I was up. Uh, about six in the morning, I heard this noise outside. I go and look, and here's these two shadows up on their ones up on the hind legs. And guess what they're doing? Oh boy! The, really? the rut found the rut. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's well, exciting. anyway, and I I couldn't take a picture of. Well, I did. I tried to take a picture of them well, down there, but uh, it was uh, it was. That's difficult. a picture a lot of us don't even want. No, to I see. didn't want to send that. No. But anyway, it's the uh, first time I've. Uh, Seen him in the yard there. It was a, a well. That's nature. Before we you. get into serious business yeah. with Mike, we got sports to take Uh-oh. care of. How's that, Mike? We're going to have Tom here talk a little sports talk. Yeah. So hang with Bruce. Us. Of course, down in the cities, or at least on his way to do the uh, hockey game tonight. Is that my cue? Is that uh, yeah? That what you're so doing uh, here? You're... Tom is here to do sports this morning. Boy, lots of sports as usual. Uh, it, the yeah, weekend. there's the tons. I'll yeah. try to get to it. Uh, right. You know, first of all, it was Friday night lights uh, on a Thursday night last night again. Yeah, they did that before too. But it was you know cha- championship stuff. So oh, I see. Esco uh-huh. once again heading to the state tournament, uh, defeating Pequot Lakes 34-14, section. The seven three eight title, fifteenth time in program history. Esco has made it to the state, by the way. And Moose Lake Willow River defeating Barnum thirteen to nothing seven double A championship among football games that were going on yesterday. It's going to be a big weekend for football. Obviously, college football tomorrow, Senior Day for UMD as they take on Concordia St. Paul tomorrow. Once again, we'll be tailgating. We've got Shelton's mm-hmm. Pizza and all that bit going on. Uh, that is some the, good pizza, by the way. It is really good. Mm-hmm. It was a good idea. Uh, yeah. We dished out a whole bunch of pizzas last week, and it'll happen again tomorrow. Uh, and Concordia St. Paul, their opponent. St. Scholastica will take on Hamlin. 
Uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers are at Illinois. The Badgers are at Indiana. I don't know if you saw, you were able to look over the new Big Ten, which 18 teams in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, keeps and expanding they, every year. They put out the schedule for the next... Big 20? They yeah, put out the schedule for next year already, and I, wow. all I had an opportunity to do was look at the Gophers schedule. Yeah, uh, North Carolina, Rhode Island, Rhode Island. They have wow. a team. Uh, Nevada, <laughs> then Iowa. Okay, we're familiar with that. Then Michigan, yes. Then USC. They're a member of the Big Ten. Yeah. UCLA, member wow. of the Big Ten. That's a long bus ride. That's next week. <laughs> uh, well, they have USC at home, and then UCLA. Oh, okay, good. On the road. Then Maryland, Illinois, Rutgers, Penn State, Wisconsin, which all looks normal. But yeah. Now, what's normal these days? <laughs> Minnesota Vikings uh, have Jaron Hall under center. First time in his NFL career. The Purple visit the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. He's going to be the guy, at least for one week, replacing Kirk Cousins, who went down with that Achilles tendon tear. And uh, he'll, have to, you know, he'll have to show something, I guess. Uh, Vikings... Uh, uh, have been uh, really good lately, mm-hmm. and, and then Cousins goes down. Uh, the Packers have not been very good lately. No, they're no. not. And what I'm, I'm forgetting their opponent. Why am I forgetting? Uh, <laughs> I, all right, here, I got it. Oh, he's got the sheet. He's Hold going on. for it. He's digging. It's funny because it's, uh, uh, they're becoming less and less significant in this yeah. whole schedule. They're and playing I, the Los Angeles Rams. That's correct, yeah. That's At right. Lambeau. Yeah, and it's only on the radio. You can't get local TV again because the Vikings. Well, well, I got to ask you: Are they going to be uh, playing the Tokyo Saki? Not that I know. Oh, I thought that might be a new team. Then. No, oh, I was, was going to say it. Against. Drink a little sake, play a little football. Yeah, all right. It's a good idea, Neil. <laughs> you should work on that. I think so. I'll bring it in. <laughs> Minnesota Wild uh, did not play very well last night. Right. Five to three, they lost to the New Jersey Devils at Excel Energy Center. Wild have lost four in a row. They are. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a bit of trouble. Uh, we've got college hockey tonight. Yep. It's a home and home against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Bruce Siski will have the call in Minneapolis tonight, and then in Duluth tomorrow night. Uh, and former UMD standout Adam Johnson, uh, who died Saturday after taking a skate blade to the neck during a pro game in England, will be honored both nights. Mm-hmm. Minnesota planning a moment of silence in Johnson's memory tonight. UMD will have a moment of silence, a video tribute and stick salute before tomorrow's game at Amsoil Arena. It's going to have a, a heavy feel to it uh, to, right. tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, number UMD, number 8 UMD women versus St. Thomas uh, in other college hockey this weekend. Uh, and also Scholastica against Stout, the UWS men versus number 12 Augsburg, the St. Scholastica women at number 7 Eau Claire, and UWS women at Hamlin. Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll try to get above 500 for the first time. They host the Utah Jazz tonight, tar- or tomorrow night, rather, at Target Center. And the Minnesota Twins picked up uh, Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco's contract. So oh, they're still going to be, be twins. Back. They've been around yeah. for a long time. Nelson Cruz, longtime twin, retiring. Hmm. Uh, made that official yesterday. And also official, it was the least watched oh, yeah. World Series <laughs> in Major history. League Baseball yeah. history. I didn't watch it. I didn't Did either, you? so I'm I'm not sure who. I watched uh, 
one uh, part of a game. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're, you're ahead of the rest of us. It, it's it's too bad. But, I know. Uh, you know, they're well, trying to do everything to make baseball more exciting. But uh, well, how about I'm making glad they won though? Because, how about yeah. making it accessible? And how about showing yeah. other teams throughout the rest of the season, <laughs> other than the Dodgers and the Yankees yeah, and the Braves yeah. and the Boss Sox? True. Because that's all you get. Like the entire season, so why would anybody be familiar yeah. with the rosters of the Texas Rangers or the Arizona Diamondbacks? Why would they know these teams at all? Well, I'm glad the Rangers got it. I am too. Yeah, they hadn't won. They've been in the World Series, but hadn't won right. before. Yeah. So. Sure, but it's good. I mean, nobody was there to you know. Yeah. Do you hear the tree fall in the woods? <laughs> you know, I heard one the other day. Did you? Okay. All right. <laughs> That's your sports. Uh, Thanks, thank you Tom. very much. Appreciate it, Tom. Uh, best of Bruce Siski show will be coming up during the uh, 10 o'clock hour, by the way, here on KDAO. And we'll be back with more of the morning show coming up. The KDAO Morning Show. Get up in the morning, slaving for Bresa, so that every mouth can be fed my request from uh, Neil this morning. Get up in the morning, He's realized. Well, we've got Mike Kaiser with us here today, the professor, and we've got all sorts of stuff on our plate. We're done right. with sports, Mike. Yes, we are. You, you heard the local shtick. You haven't heard that for a long time. You, uh, uh, no, I wish I, again, I was wish I was there this weekend. I didn't realize the... UMD and uh, Minnesota are, are this weekend. Oh yeah, they are, and they uh, and then of course they uh, UMD Bulldogs uh, football team. Of course, uh, they do a tailgate party up at UMD, and the station oh. has a tailgate party, and yep. they have Shelton Pizza, which is a local pizza, yeah. and people flock to it to get that free pizza. Well, it's cooked right there on right there. on site. Yeah. I mean, it's hot, fresh out of the oven. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff. That's, uh, yeah, uh, weather like we're going to have tomorrow, that hot pizza is that's right. pretty good. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> so, Mike, I've got to ask you a question here. Uh, obviously, the war in Ukraine is over because all we hear about is Israel and the Mideast. And, and then, of course, the rumor is that Vlad Putin died of a massive cardiac arrest. Any truth to no, that? I did not hear that one, Neil. Yeah, yeah I'm not was, sure where that report I, came from. I I was totally oblivious. I to that saw well. it. Uh, there was a couple of news reports <laughs> yeah. that were trying to debunk it, saying that uh, <laughs> they said that the word came out that Putin died of a heart attack, and that there's body doubles scurrying around, and the inner circle of the Kremlin is is having a blast with this to carry on in Putin's yeah. name. Yeah, well, that sounds like one of those internet stories if I ever yeah, heard one. Yeah, yeah, uh, like the flat Earth policy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you know yeah. when Stalin was uh, the head of Russia, uh, the boss, they had uh, about a dozen body doubles. That uh, when Stalin would go somewhere, they'd have a body double here and there. But when when Stalin allegedly died of a cerebral hemorrhage, whether he was uh, assassinated or not. Uh, all the body doubles mysteriously disappeared uh, and never were heard from again. Easy to be a body double. You just got to grow yeah. a big mustache, and there you are, Stalin. You yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, everything's overshadowing uh, what's going on in uh, Ukraine with uh, Israel and the uh, uh, the Hamas. Gaza Strip and the Palestinians and worrying about Hezbollah, Hamas, you've got the deal, Iran and drone attacks on U.S. bases in Syria and uh, missile attacks on U.S. bases in Iraq, and on and on and on. So uh, on the international stage, what, what are you seeing here? 
You know, there was a meeting this week that was overshadowed um, in China. Um, over 100 countries were there. Um, their defense leaders, and they were uh, uh, President Xi and, and uh, uh, Putin were sending the message that um, the United States needs to stop interfering in other countries' uh, domestic affairs. Wow. And uh, uh, they were sending the signal of, of you know, involvement in Ukraine. Uh, we shouldn't be uh, um, doing the proxy war in Ukraine. We shouldn't be um, threatening to help Taiwan. Um, and they had over 100 countries uh, that were, you know, parroted to say the same thing um, because they're trying to get the support of um, the southern, um, what they call the southern countries uh, in Africa and, and uh Central South America, uh, to get their support for this new form of governance that they're trying to uh, promote around the world. Sure. Totalitarianism. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, last time I was on the show, there was a lot of uh, your listeners were um, trying to, well, they were saying that we should not be supporting Ukraine. And, and again, you've got to look at the big picture of what is happening uh, the democracies are failing around the world, and the United States feels, at least the White House and, and the Senate feel, that it's important that the United States continue to um, be a leader in democracy and help countries that are struggling uh, with that. Uh, Myanmar was in the news again this week. Um, they have uh, uh, um, rebel groups uh, that are that are now fighting the martial law uh, governance that's, that's happening there after they uh, overthrew Aung San Suu Kyi and, and uh, put her under house arrest. Um, the democracies are failing all around the world. So, so the, that's the big question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we done with democracy? Are we going back to uh, uh, monarchies and, and uh, uh, martial law and, and uh, totalitarian governments? Um, is that the form of governance in the 21st century? Well, that's a big question mark there. And, and, uh... But that's what we need to think about when we see this happening. And, and like you said, we, we've taken Ukraine off the, uh, uh, the list of concerns right now and are focusing on Israel. But what's happening in Israel is the same thing. It's uh, um, a question of uh, can a democracy stand? with uh, rebel groups fighting in the Middle East. And um, if you look at Central South America, you're talking about gangs that are taking over countries. And, and uh, so, so I want your listeners to think about the bigger question of um, what's happening around the world. Well, it's interesting. Uh, China and, uh, you know, who's calling it kettle black here? China and Russia. Russia invading Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Russia invading Ukraine. Uh, China messing around uh, all throughout the various islands that are not within. They claim they're they're trying to claim literally <laughs> almost everything in the South China Sea that yeah. should be under dominion of China. China wants their empire back. You can call yeah. them commies or whatever you want to call them. It's the Chinese Empire. It's been around six thousand years. Uh, you know, Russia used to go out and have twenty-year uh, plans or five-year plans. Uh, China's got hundreds of year plans. It doesn't matter about the people today. It's the Chinese empire. And uh, so you, you talk about democracies. Now, uh, 
Were any of the uh, democracies that exist in Europe present at this uh, meeting in China? Well, you know, that, that's the thing. We're, we're seeing these two sides. Uh, we're seeing um, the, the side of that China and, and Russia are trying to lead, um, Russia trying to take back uh, the Soviet Union um, and uh, um, trying to uh, influence uh, uh, countries like uh, African countries and Central South American countries. They're trying to win over countries to this way of thinking. And, um, no, it's, it's uh, two sides are – we actually had somebody there. I uh, forget her name, but we had, like, an assistant secretary there. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it was just not in the news at all. And it was a very important meeting. And the message that was, uh, was given is the, you know, the U.N. is dead and, and uh, um, countries need to start looking out for themselves and adopt a nationalistic uh, view of the world. Worry about themselves, not about other countries, and and get the United States and Western governments uh, to stop uh, trying to uh, influence domestic matters, so that Taiwan can be taken over, so that Ukraine can be taken over. And I'm glad you you mentioned Georgia because uh, we totally ignored uh, Russia going into Georgia uh, a few years ago, and um, and uh, we're totally ignoring uh, Russia establishing a, a, a foothold in Moldova. And so, again, it's it's an expansionist view of the world that uh, I think we all need to be concerned of, but all need to be aware of, not just what's what's in the news today, um, but dig a little deeper and, and, and see what's, what's happening around the world. Well, the press in the United States has been horrible about... Uh, uh, Dealing with dealing with on an open open end international issues, uh, the focus on the generally on the pre- unless something blows up, uh, generally the press in the United States is focused on the United States. If you if you go and you watch BBC or some of the other international news networks, uh, there's all the story upon story upon story that you've never heard about in the U.S. press, and and they're reporting on whether it's this uh, meeting you talked about in China. Or elsewhere, it's it's like a whole different view on what's going on in the world. If you watch BBC or some of the other networks, which is why it's so important to watch BBC and Al Jazeera and RT and and some of these other networks and see how the world looks at us. And and uh, all the networks are doing is they're giving the American people what the American people want. They only care about domestic affairs. They only care about what's happening on Meta and their Facebook page and. Um, you know, that that's the – we're doing it in this country, too. We, we're having a nat- nationalistic view of the world. and uh, But that's the challenge that, that I give to my students every week is, is what's happening in the world and getting them to think outside the box and what's going on. Got, got you, Mike. Hey, Mike, we got to go for a quick break here, mm-hmm. but we shall be back shortly. And we'll have a caller, too, okay. uh, coming up. 834 at KDAL. KDAL Morning Show. There's a story in our town of the prettiest girl around. Woo-hoo. Golden hair and eyes of blue. Johnny Cash. One of his very early songs back I've when he was the, in uh, Sun Records. Yet. I've got this song. Do you? Ballad of the Teenage Queen. Yep, I've got this song. All right, we're back, and uh, we got a phone call to get to. Who may be, uh, who may be on I'm, the horn? I'm not sure. Hi, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Tom from Port Wayne. Hiya, Tom. Tom, we've got our buddy Mike Kaiser on. What's cooking on your end? 
would like to ask the professor a question about uh, Israel and what's happening there. And, you know, I, I looked up uh, reference material that is pre-1948, so it wouldn't be tainted by the current history. And when you look up the word Palestine, the definition is the land of Israel. Yeah. Okay? I mean, I, I have maps showing when Jerusalem previously was called Jebus, and Gaza is also on that map, okay? And what I'm laying out here is, my question is this. I believe that the students that are protesting in favor of these so-called Palestinians, who are really actually Jordanian Arabs that are living in that part of the world right now, uh, and the professors are very much misinformed. This is a piece of real estate that is a very complicated history, and I believe a lot of these professors are leading their students astray by getting them incited to line up on the side of the Palestinians, meaning I, I really don't think they understand the deep history of that region. And I was wondering if Professor Kaiser had an opinion on that particular subject. All right, Tom, thanks. Mike? Tom, it's always so great uh, to have you call in because you always got such a great uh, point. Um, I asked the students this week, I got 21 students in the class this semester, and I asked them what's happening on their home campuses. And they all had raised their hand and they said, oh, yeah, we're having protests. And I said, okay, protests for who? And the protests are for Palestinians. And I said, it's so important that we, we understand the situation uh, and the fault on both sides. Um, and uh, it, it, you know, the students usually uh, lead the way and are better informed. But you're right, Tom, they're not informed on uh, uh, what's happening on this situation. And uh, all I can do as a teacher is, you know, help them understand the facts. So and Mike, then let them make uh, their own decision. Mike, um, Mike, where uh, we ended up this week is, look, uh, encourage protest. If you're going to a, a Palestinian protest in, on campus, uh, go to the Israel protests as well. And understand that both sides are at fault. Um, both sides we need to know more about um, why this war has been going on for for 75 years since since uh, Israel was established. Um, but you're right. It goes back hundreds, and if not thousands of years, um, to the uh, um, conflicts between tribes. Um, and I don't know that it will ever change. But the best thing we can do as students and teachers and, and uh, the public is to become informed on why it's happening before we start raising a flag and, and walking behind some of these groups, we need to understand what's happening. Well, Mike, the, uh, the history of it, you know, Tom brings up some good points here. The yeah. Palestinians are Jordanian Arabs. There's no such place as Palestine historically other than in recent history. And the British actually named it that <laughs> when the British controlled it before World War II. But the point of the matter is there was a guy that wrote an op-ed piece in the Minneapolis uh, Tribune, and he claimed he was Jewish. But he was all on the bandwagon 
of the Palestinians. He claimed that the Palestinians are the indigenous people of the area, which is laughable. Who are the Jews? They're the indigenous people of the area, too. They've been around 5,000 years. Ever hear of Abraham and Moses? And, uh, I mean, you look at the history of it all, the peoples are Semites. The Arabs and the uh, I mean, it's basically the same stock of people, but as you mentioned, divided up into historically, way back when, different tribal groups or different peoples that have been repeatedly conquered by various empires. I mean, you go back uh, 5,000 years, and you, that whole area, was the pot was so stirred up from empire after empire coming through there. So, you know, Moses, let my people go. You know, that's 4,000 years ago. But we shouldn't let that history um, justify the actions, because the actions being taken today by both sides are horrific. Um, and so the history and whose land it is doesn't justify um, uh, killing uh, people, um, raping and burning and beheading and, uh, you know, uh, the, the bombing that's going on. Um, uh, President uh, Biden was uh, was pushed on this in Minnesota this week. Um, should there be a pause in the war uh, to get people out? Um, why doesn't Hamas let people out? Um, uh, so, so the injustices don't. Uh, we can't look past that and say, well, historically this should be Israel. Or no, I know, but I'm giving the history Palestine. of it, Mike. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, uh, if you listen to Hamas, every Jew needs to be slaughtered and killed. Okay. Right. All right. That's what they say. And Israel's saying, we want to wipe out Hamas. We don't want to kill the civilian Palestinian civilians, but Hamas is embedded. The hospital there that they uh, cry about in Palestine, Hamas's command center is buried underneath the hospital where there's 10,000 people seeking shelter. They hide amongst the people. Uh, and I, I guess, so what do you expect Israel to do here? I mean, uh, uh, they're they're trying to root out the 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 terrorists, but the terrorists use civilians as human shields. Do we roll roll over and throw up our arms and Israel say, hey, look, we're going to leave. We're going to leave. We'll we'll go in exile again and leave the Mideast and go somewhere else. But you can all have it. And and build your basket case economy because you know damn well what would happen. You talk about totalitarianism around the world. If these groups ended up getting control and all the Jews left, what what kind of a government would you have there? Right. Well, what kind of government do they have now? I mean, they've, they've got a terrorist government. Sign is is pathetic. But again, we we shouldn't look for reason to justify what Israel's doing or to justify what Hamas is doing. We need to look at the victims that are that are uh, uh, you know people that are victims because of uh, our attempts at justifying this. Well, what um, what what would you? I mean. What would you expect Israel to do after 1,400 people are slaughtered? Men, women, and children, babies beheaded, uh, the whole nine yards. Should they have just sat on their hands and asked the Pope to come in and try to save the day? No, but they need to think about, as, as the White House is trying to tell them, you need to think about what form of governance you're going to have after this is over. Don't make the same mistake with that we made in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, you can't, as you pointed out, Neil, you can't rule people in this land, uh, so don't even try. Um, 
we talked about in class this week, why don't they try to divide uh, Palestine that's been done before um, and Israel into two different countries, uh, draw a line like they did North Korea and South Korea. Um, uh, it's been tried before, um, but I don't think you're ever going to have a, 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 a government that's, uh, as you pointed out, that's going to work for uh uh, Palestine for well, him, well, for Mike. Him. What about the West Bank? Okay, you've got the West Bank, which seems uh, somewhat stable. The Palestine, no, it, it's blowing up too. But it's not blowing up like the Gaza Strip has. There, no, Hamas is not in control of the West Bank. No, no. But there, but there's a lot of protests going on. Well, there's protests on going sides. on now because of what's happening today. But previous yeah. uh, to Hamas coming in and slaughtering all the Israelis, uh, the West Bank was somewhat stable, wasn't it? We've got to take another break here before we get to that question to be answered. It's 847 at KDAL. Final portion of the morning show underway here at 851 on KDAL. Neil? Here we are with Mike Kaiser talking Mm -hmm. international relations. Mike, uh, one of our listeners, Corey, texted me, asked, wanted you to comment on Governor Gavin Newsom's trip to China. What's going on on that? And they were talking about the new speaker in the House um, going to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are grandstanding. Sure. Um, they're, they're all looking for higher office. and, and uh, well, you, you know, this, well, you had the former speaker, though. She went to Taiwan, and that's created you know, quite I a know, and now the uh, current speaker is talking yeah. about going to Taiwan. But, but, Neil, but Newsom back, went to uh, because, communist China. Newsom went uh, to communist uh, China. Yeah, but... Let's go back to Israel, because we only got a few minutes, yep. right? Yep. Um, so uh, you asked the question, is Israel justified in what it's doing? Absolutely it's justified in what it's doing. But it's how it's doing it that that comes into question. And what are they going to be left with mm-hmm. in Gaza uh, if they don't learn from the mistake that the United States made in Afghanistan and Iraq? If in Afghanistan... We were so upset um, after 9-11. If we just sent in special ops troops to to eliminate the 200, uh, approximately 200 was the estimate of of, uh, terrorists that were uh, circling around Osama bin Laden in his training camps uh, versus going in uh, with uh, thousands of troops, um, how would that have been differently? So Israel needs to learn from our mistakes um, and think about what they're going to be left with um, after this. Well, you're dealing and, with two million people in yeah. Gaza, and a bunch of American citizens are there. Let's get to another call here. Family, we do have a caller. Yeah. Hi, who's this? Uh, good morning from the gem on the hill. This is Chip calling. Yep. Yeah, and I, I guess I wanted to go back a little bit into the spreading the democracy around the world, and you know, our democracy elected a president that stumbles over the only sandbag on a stage and, and projects that kind of strength to the world. Our democracy elected somebody that uh, has uh, was it, taken $8,000 out of everybody's paychecks with the inflation and has doubled and tripled the price of gas. So, you know, which which democracy do we, we want to spread around the world here? It just seems like every we, – we love to talk about the idealism of democracy, but not necessarily the effects – you know, we, we got a democracy that uh, – is going after people going on school boards and calling them terrorists in terms of, uh, you know, going against the norms in that regard. So, you know, which democracy are we talking about in that regard? 
All right, Chip. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the call. Mike, what kind of democracy yeah. are you talking about? Uh, yeah, Chip, I think you, you put your finger on what the problem is. Uh, Neil just mentioned uh, the politicians grandstanding going over to China and, and uh, um, you know, Maybe democracy isn't working in the United States. Maybe democracy has had its day. And uh, we should recognize uh, what Vladimir Putin is doing and, and what President Xi is doing and, and uh, you know, the countries that are looking to a different form of governance. Chip, you're, you're asking the question, maybe democracy doesn't work anymore. I, well, Mike, uh, you know, good question. I guess, how does it work? You know, it would appear that... Uh, possibly the Biden administration represents not the strongest hand at the at the till. Uh, but neither did Trump. Well, the Trump administration. So who was strong? You know, I mean, Ronald Reagan. You go back to Reagan. Maybe he uh, possibly was one of the strongest presidents at the helm. Uh, and you look at uh, Mikhail Gorbachev for taking the Soviet Union from there to Russia. But then the gap that occurred after Gorbachev left, and, you know, the U.S. kind of threw up his hands and said, hallelujah, Russia, Soviet Union's gone, you're going to be wonderful. And look look what we've got. So in many respects, when you talk about uh, creating democracy and going into countries that have never had that historically and expecting the people all of a sudden to throw their arms around each other and sing Kumbaya, and now we're going to fairly elect people instead of executing them after they their government gets taken over. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a frustrating it's frustrating to watch this unfold, as as you said, Mike. I mean, yeah, even it, even on here we are on the local elections. We've got the mayor's race coming up. Over four hundred thousand dollars has been sent spent so far on the mayor's race in Duluth, Minnesota. It's unheard of. They they've allowed political action committees now to be formed. The on the on the mayor's side. There's a political action committee called the League of Conservation Voters, an environmentalist group, has put in sixty-five grand. The Minnesota DFL has put in fifty-two thousand to uh, to a race that's supposed to be a nonpartisan race. And then there's a couple other uh, big big shot uh, PAC contributors. And then on uh, Roger Reinert, who's the opponent, who's a former state senator, uh, a PAC there has put in. Uh, Almost a hundred thousand between the two of them, there's been uh, 120 to 130 thousand dollars coming in from PACs or political action committees, and each candidate's maybe raised about a hundred. So, you know, you see all this going in on the national level. You see pack upon pack upon pack. Well, Chip is asking the right question. Then, where is it? Where is democracy? And where well, is it? Who are the people? Where does it work? If it doesn't work in this country that started it. Um, you know, and, and France and England followed. I mean, yep. maybe it doesn't work. So we got about a minute left here, Mike. Any final thoughts on Ukraine? <laughs> we kind of bypassed that, but I didn't want to. <laughs> well, let's let's wait and see what the Senate does um, if they include support for Ukraine in in the bill, because um, obviously they're not going to support the uh, Israel only um, um, you know bill that's. Uh, yeah circulating so i hope i hope we look at the bigger picture and realize that a lot of countries need support including our own boy that's for sure mike thanks for being with us we'll get you on again in the near future so we always have, fun all right take care buddy good to hear from you very good 
We're at 858. We're going to wrap things up. Neil, you'll be back on Monday, I would assume. Monday, we'll reassess the... Uh, day before the election. Day before the elections, the yeah. political campaigns. We're going to have uh, a couple of candidates on, and uh, we'll uh, we'll right. see how it goes. Uh, don't forget to set your clocks back an hour oh, this that's weekend. Right. That's way. right. I better do that. <laughs> so you'll be on time Monday morning. That's, here, right. So. that's right. right. Clocks go back an hour officially at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, but you can set them back before you go to bed or after there you, you get up, whichever you prefer. All right. We'll be back with more news next. Then it's Rick Jordan and the Friday Outdoor Frenzy on KDAL.